Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome back to hour number two of Weekend Fantasy Update here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, George Kurtz, and uh, producer extraordinaire, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Engel, producing our show. And uh, we got Matty Modica coming up in the next segment uh, from The Athletic. Uh, He's a baseball guru. I mean, you definitely need to follow him at CTM Baseball. If you're a fantasy baseball fan, as well as football, high-stakes fantasy baseball and fantasy football player. Uh, so looking forward to talking to him. And, uh, George, we were talking about uh, one of the things when you follow <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Matt Modica on, on Twitter is I just – I love and hate the, the food pictures because every time I, I go to his feed, I'm, I end up starving. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, uh, and uh, today happens to be National Japanese Sushi Hand Roll Day and also National Fried Chicken Day, George. So, uh, are you a sushi kind of guy? I'm going to guess no. Go to the fish market, Joe. <laughs> you know, I always... <laughs> I am not a fish guy, no, so uh, a sushi guy. I'm not really a fish guy in general, so uh, neither one's going to be at all that appetizing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like uh, go to hibachi, Japanese hibachi, you know. You there know, you go. Steak, mm-hmm. little, little rice, some mm-hmm. chicken, but uh, there will be no fish. <laughs> no fish for me. <laughs> no fish. Uh, how about soup? Soup for you? Yeah, yesterday was uh, at uh, City Field. I almost called the Chase Stadium. Uh, <laughs> I think it was um, Seinfeld Bobblehead Day because it was the 30th anniversary of uh, Seinfeld. And uh, obviously Seinfeld's a big Mets fan. I, I think he threw out the first pitch. Are you you a Seinfeld guy? Never seen an episode. So uh, I'm going to say no. Never seen no. an episode? <laughs> no, never seen an episode. I, oh. I, saw, I saw Seinfeld as a comedian. I didn't find him all that funny. So I had no interest in the show when it came out. And right. I know you're going to tell me, well, it's not about him. It's about the other. Yeah, I know. Everybody says the same thing. I don't want to hear it. Uh, mm-hmm. No, so I've never seen an episode of Seinfeld. I've really nothing against him. Big Met fan. I know he did throw out the first pitch yesterday. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, no, I've never seen an episode of Seinfeld. I was more of a Friends mm-hmm. guy. There you go. There you go. Friends guy. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I like Seinfeld. I'm not like a huge fan. I know there are people that are huge fans of, of Seinfeld, but I'm, I'm just surprised even just like, let's say as, as a Met game is over, sometimes they might, uh, you know, throw in a Seinfeld episode in progress. And I guess you just turn the, uh, the, the channel immediately, right? So that's, that's interesting that you've never seen an episode of Seinfeld. It uh, doesn't make me think any less of you, so don't worry, okay? I'm just surprised. I, I was going to be okay either way, so it's all right. You know, and as far as the Seinfeld episodes, you know, they have these things called remote controls after a game's over, so you can go uh-huh, to another uh-huh. game. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't listen to many games anyway. Uh, most mm-hmm. announcers drive me completely insane. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in my mind, if I'm listening to a broadcast, uh, I want them to add something to it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, tell me things I don't see or things I don't know. I think most mm-hmm. just don't do it. You know, and I, I just can't stand the void, whatever it might be. So generally during uh, when I'm watching the games, and usually, you know, basically I have three TVs going at one time watching the games. Uh, mm-hmm. I play play music. You know, if I'm watching the Yankee game, I might listen to their announcers, but it uh, depends on who it is. I know Michael mm-hmm. K, who I certainly hope he gets better from his vocal cord surgery. He's out for a month. Yeah, he's uh, out for, yeah. 
but I, even he drives me insane sometimes. I enjoy Paul O'Neill and David, uh, David Cohn. I'm former players because they add something. I think Paul O'Neill is very funny. He uh, mm-hmm. th- does it very lighthearted. Uh, David Cohn actually tells you things. Uh, which I, oh, he's that, a big uh, analytical guy. Yes, he's bigger than the He really metrics. embraced the uh, sabermetrics, so he's he's definitely good to listen to. I even like uh, Singleton. Uh, Ken Singleton is in uh, Tampa Bay taking over this weekend for Michael Kay. Best wishes to Michael Kay, like you said. Uh, it's vocal cord surgery he's having, I believe, like you said. And, uh, he's Can't be talk out for a at month. Least a month. Yeah, yeah. And they were joking around about it last week, <laughs> you know, right Right ahead of uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? Right ahead of the all, uh, not the All Star game, Old Timers Day game. Old Timers Day, two weeks ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, another guy, and, and I didn't expect to really go off on this tangent, but I'll just mention him, uh, John Sterling, the radio announcer for the Yankees. He's going to be missing his first series of games in 30 years. I didn't realize the guy was 81 years old, and you know, love him or hate him. What he's done, you know, he's carved a, a niche for himself, you know, with these home run calls. And anytime the Yankees, you know, trade or sign a new player or a new player gets called up, you know, everyone's wondering what the home run call is going to be. So, uh, are you a Sterling fan or, or, or you know, just care less? Uh, yeah, we interviewed Sterling. Uh, I believe it was Mike Blewett and I uh, years mm-hmm. ago. On the the other platform, at least I think it was the other mm-hmm. platform. Uh, good guy. I mean, uh, I mm-hmm. have nothing against John Sterling. I don't care mm-hmm. about the home run calls. I mean, I, I really don't mm-hmm. care. About I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, hey, that's what he, that's your niche that you do. Fine, you, go ahead. You I don't dare care. to be entertained. Yeah, right. I don't. Uh, I probably don't. I probably haven't heard most of them because I don't. I don't listen to games on radio. Generally, I'm watching the games on mm-hmm. TV. So, uh, I'm the kind you of don't guy who's not transistor out. radio anymore, huh? Uh, that man, I remember when I was a kid, you know, you, uh, you know, mom and dad sent you to bed at like nine o'clock. I had the radio underneath my pillow. So uh, back then, listening to Frank, Frank Messerizzuto and Bill White on uh, yes. I think it was WABC back then. Uh, yes. So yeah, and Fran I, Healy. Back in the or day, 10, sure. 10 wins too. <laughs> Fran, 10, 10 wins. Yeah. Fran, Fran Healy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, yeah, I don't uh, listen to radio. I'm the, I'm the guy, if I'm out and I can't watch the game, I record it. You know, I put it mm-hmm. on DVR and I watch it when I get home. So same thing. Uh, there was a time back years ago, not well, not so much with Sterling and uh, Susan Waldman, but uh, where I would have preferred listen to watch the game but listen to the announcers on radio. Right. I did like the, uh, the announcers on radio, but that, that changed over the years. I, I can't stand Susan Waldman at all. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's another reason I'm not listening to the game on radio. Uh, I may have done it a few times on the trip down to Florida and back where I heard it on radio. But even then, once again, I'll record the games and watch them. I like uh, I generally can avoid social media. If I really want to, and not find mm-hmm. out the final score. Right, right. So I had planned on talking a little football in this segment, but we we you know moved over to baseball because I, I put us there. But uh, so let's stick with baseball and lead into uh, Matty Modica. Uh, since uh, you are the closer guru, what about the news about uh, Nathan Eovaldi? Uh, he's still on the IL, but uh, news coming out of Boston that. Uh, when he's healthy and is reinstated, which we think is going to be after the All-Star break, he's going to be the Red Sox closer. You know, when I first heard this, man, I was just excited because of this guy, you know, he could really air it out, right? I mean, he could throws a 100 miles an hour and, and figure, like, you know, if, if he could just air it out for one inning. I mean, it almost, closer role almost seems perfectly suited for him. But then I started looking at his, his stats. I, I was surprised that... Uh, he only had, uh, for his career, 6.8K per nine. Uh, the walk rate is decent, 2.8 walk per nine. Uh, should I be excited? Because, uh, you know, I plan on making a significant bid on him because in one league where I'm, like, top three, sometimes I'm in first, sometimes I'm in second, sometimes I'm in third, one area where I can move up is the save category. How excited should I be about Nathan Eovaldi? Well, I don't think it goes off the charts, but yeah, he's obviously going to be claimed in all leagues this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, he's a closer, or he's going to be a closer. Now, there's good and bad here. Uh, Iovaldi was great out of the pen last year in the playoffs. He was really good. Uh, he's, right. I don't know if you can look over his stats. I don't think they mean anything anymore, because back really before, a couple of years ago, he threw very hard, but he threw very straight. That's why he, you know, he got hit. Now his ball moves. For whatever reason, he's uh, got moving on the ball, so he's getting more strikeouts now. So I don't think uh, overall stats, this is where the you know, lies, damn lies, and statistics. We can make stats say whatever they will, whatever we want them to say, depending on when you look at them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't think those stats matter anymore. My worry would be, can he handle the grind of 
pitching three days in a row, uh, mm-hmm. being brought up, put back down in a game, out of you know that sort of thing. The grind of a reliever. Can his arm handle that? Yeah, you know, well, he already had the elbow issues and a setback this year. So that would be my one worry. That being said, Boston has to do something. That bullpen is atrocious. It's been atrocious all year long. I mean, mm-hmm. even last night, you look at the Eovaldi wouldn't have helped last night. 6 1 uh, coming out of the, the rain delay. All of a sudden, before you look up, you know, Erod had to come out because the rain delay was like two hours. They put in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. It's 6 5 before you know it. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And it's been going on all season long. We, we saw what happened to them in England against the Yankees. Yes, I know that ballpark mm-hmm. was a bandbox and it's the Yankees. I get it. But still, that bullpen is atrocious. So they had to do something. And if you weren't going to go out and pay the price for a Kirby Yates or a Brad Hand or whoever else might be out there, well, this is the next best option. I, I don't blame them for trying this option first to see if maybe Eovaldi can solve that problem. But here's the other issue. Uh, who's your fifth starter now? Because Velasquez ain't any good at the fifth starter. Are you just giving up that game now? Or are you hoping that'll be the day mm. your offense scores eight runs and it won't matter? So in some ways, they're just robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yes, Eovaldi might solve your closer problems, but now you have a starter problem. Or maybe it's just that, Joe, for Boston, yeah, the starting mar- pitching market, is there's going to be a glut. There's going to be a lot of guys out there. And they may figure mm-hmm. not only can we get somebody, but it'll be a cheaper than going out to right. pay a top price for a closer. And I think they're right in that regards. I think uh, to acquire, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not talking somebody like uh, Boyd or Bumgarner uh, or Stroman, maybe a second level guy will, will be cheaper as far as the market's concerned. And that may be what they're looking at as well. Just easier to acquire a starting pitcher than it is a reliever. But does anybody feel bad for Boston? I mean, we knew mm-hmm. this going into the season, Joe. Everybody mm-hmm. knew they were going to have problems when they didn't re-sign uh, Craig Kimbrell, who's having his own issues with Chicago, by the way. That's a 16.88 mm-hmm. ERA he has right now. You know, uh, maybe <laughs> Boston knew something there, that he wasn't going to be the same pitcher. And once again, I don't feel bad for the Cubs either. Did you not see how Kimbrell pitched during the World Series? Exactly, Did you not see yeah. that it was Sale they brought in to close out games and not Kimbrell? Maybe mm-hmm. you should learn something. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Uh, sticking to uh, closers, Liam Hendricks, A's uh, relief pitcher, who uh, took over for Blake Trinan, who went on the IL. Now, uh, Trinan, if I'm not mistaken, is back off the IL, but uh, Hendricks uh, got the save opportunity uh, instead of Trinan last night. Do we read anything into that? Well, you better, because right now Hendricks is your closer. Uh, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I don't believe it's going to last the entire season. The situation with Trinan was strange, okay? Because at, at once he had the injury, right? It's the second injury he's had this year. Uh, the, in rehab, in his rehab game, he got destroyed, mm-hmm. uh, and yet they brought him back. He obviously wasn't ready to be brought back. And then they, they even told you, "Well, we're going to bring him back in low leverage situations." Yet the first time they put him in is in a tie game in the tenth inning, and shockingly, <laughs> they lost. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You say all the right things and do all the wrong things. It's, it's weird how managers do this at times. He should have never mm-hmm. been brought back off the IL anyway. He wasn't ready. That was fairly obvious. And now they, they're going to get him ready while the games count? I mean, we're, we're, we're July here. We're July 6th. We're not even at the All-Star break. This is not September where you, these games are must-wins right now. They're not. You know, but you, you could have afforded to play it safe here. So I found this strange. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. yesterday they pretty much announced that it's, Hendricks is the closer right now. How long that lasts for? Anyone's guess. I'm still trying to figure this out. He might figure it out in a week, a month, later this month, after the All-Star break. You don't know. Hendricks got the mm-hmm. save last night. If you had a choice, if you're in a daily lineup league, you're only going to start one, you're starting Hendricks right now. He's the guy you want. Uh, trying and I don't think he's going to get a save opportunity until he has at least one, if not two, clean, crisp outings. All right. What's, what's going on uh, with the closer situation in Kansas City? See, uh was Ian Kennedy brought in, blown save yesterday? I mean, what's going on there? Did they have a closer? Yeah, I guess the smart-ass response would be, who cares? Right, it's Kansas City. I know, it doesn't really matter. But still. And it, it really <laughs> doesn't matter, by the way. If you're mm. anyone's banking on the Kansas City closing situation, well, you have issues. All right, the, mm. It's another thing where it's whoever can close out games. It's been Kennedy for most of the year. It was supposed to be Boxberger, Peralta. They have a host of guys. And when you have a host of guys, what does that mean? It means you don't have one guy. All mm-hmm. right, that's what that means. And they, they'll, they'll go through it over and over again. Uh, I mean, the trade deadline's approaching. They, uh, the Royals will trade any of these guys and then get something for them. So sure. there's nobody here you can rely on anyway. 
as far as who's going to close for this team. Uh, they're not going to win a whole bunch of games anyway. There are certain teams, right? You don't want the Baltimore closer. You really don't want the KC closer. You know, and like a <laughs> smattering of other teams that just aren't going to get any saves. But right now it is Ian Kennedy. Jake Diekman is also in conversation here. You know, but uh, there's nobody here you should be worrying about. Oh, I got to get this guy. No, they, they don't mm-hmm. have that. Yeah, you talked about closers that you don't want. You don't want the Mets closer either, right? <laughs> With Diaz. Yikes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh... a. <laughs> I mean, really, if, you, if you're Brody Van Wagen, uh, this, this couldn't have gone any worse, right? I mean, could it mm-hmm. really have gone any worse? You traded what looks like to be a star in the making in Alex Kalanick. And Dunn is, by the way, a good player, too, that he traded and he moved in this trade. But Kalanick looks like he's going to be a star, if not a superstar. And you pick up Cano. Well, we already saw what a disaster he is. Right? He was the mm-hmm. Independence Day. He was both our Independence Day guys. Right? Moving on from him, he's been a disaster. And now Edwin Diaz doesn't look like he can get a garbage can out. He got wrecked <sighs> last night against the Philadelphia Phillies. And you know he admitted at the game he doesn't know what's going on right now. He doesn't. He's <sighs> not, you know, not feeling good. And all his other guys. I mean, this cannot be any worse. I, I wrote my column this week that I wanted uh, the Mets would trade him, and now you can't even do that because he's so bad. Yeah, you know, you'd get some yeah. value from, but you can't. You, nobody would give you anything for him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a month ago, you, you would have got some good with uh, Edwin Diaz if you wanted to move on. Bad team, don't need a uh, closer. You want to build up your prospects. Uh, you could have done that. You could have traded Diaz. You could have traded Zach Wheeler, uh, another guy or two, and you could have really moved on. Yeah, Dominic Smith should be traded. Well, his value mm-hmm. is not going to be any higher than it is right now. Uh, and the Mets could have done some damage here, but now with Diaz, he's still the closer right now. Mainly because really, if, if they didn't have him closing, Joe. Who else would it be? Familia's mm. terrible. You know, the whole bullpen has just had a complete meltdown. So Diaz is still your closer now, and I think they'll pray they can get him through the All-Star break and he can figure things out during the four off days. But it is ugly in the bullpen in Queens. Yeah. Uh, Mets uh, made the classic mistake of buying on Diaz at his highest level. Uh, I mean, obviously, he had a phenomenal, phenomenal season last year. But if I remember two years ago, he had his ups and downs as well. No. He's had problems before. He's never. It's not like he's been a lockdown closer for three, four years. He hasn't been that. He mm-hmm. has had his issues in the past, which is part right. of the reason why people are so surprised they made that deal. This wasn't mm-hmm. like you were getting Mario Rivera in his prime. You're getting a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it, it, the deal made no sense. It made no sense then. Obviously, it makes even less sense now. And hey, the Mets are going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Excited to have uh, Matty Modica join us in the next segment. We can fantasy update on the fantasy sports. Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Sean Angle, the Fantasy Prince, keeping us flying straight, and we are excited to have Matty Modica join us on the line at CTM Baseball. Matty Modica, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing well, my friend. How's everything with you? Hope the holiday treated you well. Well, I still have 10 fingers, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> that's, that's always a good sign. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your weekend. Uh, you got to follow at CTM Baseball, Matty Modica. I can't believe that you, he has under 6,000 followers. The guy is like one of the top baseball follows, writes for The Athletic, Matty Modica. Uh, definitely a great follow. The thing is, and we, me and George were mentioning this, Matt, that uh, – when you look at your Twitter feed, you know, don't look at it when you're hungry because <laughs> I, just, I just love I love the food porn, man. And uh, I tell you, you, know, you and I, I think you moved to Jersey, but you and I both uh, have lived in, in Staten Island. And you maybe go to Freddy's for their for their tuna salad. And it is pretty good. 
Yeah, that's to the shout is amazing. <laughs> I, I got to thank my mom for turning me on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good, good stuff, good stuff. So, uh, all right, let's talk uh, some some fantasy uh, baseball here. Uh, first of all, you're a high stakes player. How many leagues are you in? Uh, as far as what we're live uh, drafts, like eleven leagues, but I do have uh, five partners in that. So half of gotcha. them are solo and half of them are partners. It's really uh, the only way to manage it and mm-hmm. make it financially uh, sustainable. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So it is Independence Day weekend, and uh, me and George, we went over a couple of players that uh, we want to get rid of. Like, who are you declaring? You know, if you have one, three, whatever you, you know, and anyone in particular that, you know, you just said, you drew the line and said, look, you know, I've had enough. I'm declaring my independence from you. Get off my team. <laughs> uh, they're probably off my team right now. Top of my head, somebody, I really don't have one. They've probably been cut already and mm-hmm. hoping for some strong second halves to come. Right, right. Well, uh, George was was talking about Robinson Cano. I know, I know you're a big Met fan, but he's had mm-hmm. enough of Robinson Cano. <laughs> I, I could definitely understand that, and I think the Mets, Themselves have had enough, unfortunately, when we have four years left or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me know how that works working out for you. Last of the Modicas here. Matty and I used to uh, do fantasy football live together. Uh, fun little show here. So, Matt, what I wanted to ask you is this. As far as strategy, uh, now this may be a question more for next season at draft time, but are you changing anything in season as far as all the home runs that are being hit? We're on pace for, what, a 1,000 more than last season? And we're not seeing any stolen bases. How is this changing your strategy midseason? Uh, I mean, midseason, pretty much everybody is relevant on the hitting side as well as the pitching side because, you know, starting pitching has been an overall disaster. And every hitter basically has, you know, like 10 home runs now. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason, how to uh, really attack it. Because, I mean, I, a lot of these stats are, you know, they're juiced up. I, mean, I, I know we overuse that word, but it's, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I see that you, you've been uh, tweeting about Justin Verlander, and uh, even he's been giving up some more home runs uh, of late. I mean, any concerns with uh, Verlander? You know, maybe uh, might be a time maybe try to sell while the value is still high, or you think it's just the nature of the beast where you mentioned home runs are up all over the place? Yeah, I think it's more of the nature of the beast. I mean, last season he gave up, what, 28 homers in about 214 innings, and he got mm-hmm. 46 in like 120-something innings. So, right. I mean, as far as a, a starting pitcher that you can go to war with in the second half, uh, I think you have to, at least if you're in a trading league, start the conversation with the Verlander owner and see the possibilities, if he's available or not, and what that might cost. Because it's just a league-wide a- epidemic. I mean, I think even in, in these last six starts where he's allowed 12 homers, he's got a 50 to 8 K-to-walk ratio. So he's still being dominant. The whip is still under one, believe it or not. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, even if he's not as dominant, he's still somebody I would want on my team. I don't worry about pitches. As long as they're giving up solo home runs, I can live with that. <laughs> uh, it's the guy, the three-run jobs that really uh, crank up that ERA a little bit. Speaking of pitches, Matt, all right, uh, Brandon McKay called up for the uh, Rays. Dylan Cease called up for the Chicago White Sox. How do you handle this? Uh, do you trust these top prospect rookie pitchers coming up? Or do you say, you know what, let's see what they can do. I don't want to bank. I don't want to waste my fab or spend high on fab on guys that I just don't have a track record in Major League Baseball. I don't know how much I trust, but I'm going to take the opportunity. And I think you have to take chances and this season, more than ever, as we mentioned about the starting pitcher. And a guy like Dylan Cease, if you just look at his box score in his debut, you're like, yeah, you know, he walked three, struck out six, over like five, uh, five innings. But he was a totally different pitcher after that first inning. He allowed three walks. He hit a batter. Obviously, the nerves were playing a big part, major league debut. From the second inning to the fourth inning, I mean, through the fifth inning, I think he had six strikeouts to one K. I think maybe he allowed one hit, which was a solo homer to Candelario, of all people. 
But uh, it was a much different pitcher. You saw the upside. Is he going to have inconsistencies? Absolutely. Look, McKay, after that first start of the season, had to face the Yankees twice. So, mm-hmm. you know, he handled himself pretty well. He's another guy. Tampa Bay wants to make the playoffs. He's going to be in that rotation. So, you know, it's not about trust. It's about opportunity and trying to seize on it and taking chances. Yeah, yeah. McKay, actually, they optioned him back down to AAA to limit his innings pitch. Uh, so, yeah, I guess keep an eye on that. I mean, uh, for people that spent a ton of uh, fab money, yeah. last, but he'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, I think that's more just a, like a transitional it's the all-star game for, for these two yeah. days and the break. And, yeah. and it'd be smart. You make him come back as, I like, say, your fifth starter. And he has yeah. that extended time. So Yeah. So s- second half, who, who are you uh, looking to target? I mean, we already had so many call-ups, you know, the, you know, the Austin Rileys, the Keston Huras, uh, who just stole a couple bases, uh, I think, last night. Uh, who, who are you looking to, to stash or maybe to, to target? Who do you think uh, might be one of the, you know, couple of players that you, you're looking to have uh, called up this uh, second half? I mean, guys that I have stashed on multiple teams, I'm going to run – look, it's, it's come this far. Kyle Tucker's a guy that if he ever got the at-bats and the opportunity, he's got power, speed, and he can hit for average. I don't know if that's ever going to come to fruition this year, but I'm at the, I passed the point of no return with him. I have right. scooped up shares of A.J. Pollock over the past couple of weeks within the last month. Yeah, good move. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got $50 million. He's going to play as healthy – and I think the elbow was a major factor in his early season struggles. So, you know, you got him for basically, I got him for, you know, like under $5 pretty much all my league. So he was a guy, and a pitcher who hasn't done it on the major league level yet. Uh, he's, been, he's been very good in the minors of late, and I still believe in him. And I think he's going to be a part of this rotation in Pittsburgh is Mitch Keller. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's a guy that I have multiple shares and I'm looking for a second half. Not where he's going to be a stud, but somebody that could be an asset to my rotation. You know, a strikeout an inning. Hopefully, you know, high threes ERA, and that's uh, you know, that's somebody you need. Yeah, yeah. I hope you're right, man, because I have him on one of my teams. So, uh, from your uh, from your lips to God's ears, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, with the uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline uh, about three weeks away, three and a half weeks, uh, a lot of fantasy deadlines are around the same time here. How do you approach pitchers, starting pitchers where we know they're going to be dealt? Uh, Madison Bumgarner, we expect to be dealt. Matthew Boyd could be dealt. Marcus Stroman should be dealt. I mean, if they're on your team, do you look to divest or do you look to acquire them figuring, hey, they'll go to a better team, better chance for Ws, or does it just depend on what your team needs? I think it's what your team needs. I mean, a guy like Boyd is the rumors of the Astros wanting to be involved. That's a, that's a home run scenario. I wrote up in my article, it was last week, week or the week before, you know, it's possible by the dip on Boyd. You know, he's been giving up a ton of homers as well. That's been a bugaboo of his. But the, the talent is real. And a team like Houston, especially that ballpark as well, he could really thrive there. Uh, I mean, I got to think Zach Wheeler at some point, the Mets are going to wave the flag or not even if they're waving the flag, because he's going to be a free agent. I don't see them re-signing him. So he's another guy that, you know, has possibilities. Bumgarner has to be dealt, I, I would assume. You know, they have to try and get something back for this guy and move to the future. <laughs> that roster was pretty damn old. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, uh, Matt, just in, in general, you know, the Marlins, right? I mean, we gave the Marlins a lot of grief, a lot of us, you know, for all their moves. I'm starting to look at their team, and I mean, are they closer to being a contender that many of us gave them credit for? I mean, you look at uh, Jordan Yamamoto, right? I mean, uh, you know, three seven five minor league ERA, but been pitching well, p- pitched great in his last start. You know, Zach Galen now in the in the in the majors, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, they got their second baseman of the future in Isan Diaz. Monty Harrison starting to come around the minor leagues. Is this team closer? to being a contender and, and giving us uh, fantasy goodness? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty shocked myself. I did invest in some Marlins pitching uh, this draft season with Pablo Lopez, Caleb Smith, and I think I even mm-hmm. had a share of our Richards. And Al Contreras was somebody early on that I paid, you know, like 10% of my fab for. I thought the breakout was possible, 
and he struggled mightily early on, but he's turned that around. Uh, and look, the hitters, Jack Cooper has been yeah. a supreme asset to all fantasy lineups the past mm-hmm. two months. And even Brian Anderson's game has come around. So, yeah, if they can get these young kids, the kid Diaz, you mentioned, he's got, what, like 20 homers already in the minors? Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. know, and Jorge Alfaro is, you know, a very sure, good I didn't even mention him. Yeah. yeah, one of the better right, hitters. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've been saying, you know, they're not as, you know, an automatic to just stream against every time out. They've blown up some studs as well. You know, Scherzer, uh, DeGrom, Bauer. So, you know, they have done damage. Mm-hmm. I've got Alcantara in a league or two as well. I uh, picked him up during Fab. Uh, more more dynasty leagues than anything else. I think he's, this kid is going to be good and might be mm-hmm. one of the few pieces they got that's worthwhile in all those deals they made. You know, uh, Matt, uh, I guess I'm going to poke the bear a little bit here. You're a Met fan. Good. Zach Wheeler, <laughs> I think you're 100% correct. I think they have to trade him. If you're a Met GM, is, is there any chance you would trade him to the Yankees? Uh, I, look, I would. I believe you trade with any team if it's the best offer. You want the best player in return. I don't care if it's the Yankees, the Braves, whoever. As long as I'm getting back the best package, I mean, why would you not deal with a team just because they're your cross-town rivals? I mean, the Yankees really aren't their rivals. I mean, I'm a, I'll be honest. I'm a Mets fan. The Yankees are, are a dominant team. The Mets are not. You know, Yankees are a well-run franchise. The Mets are not. So, look, and Wheeler's a guy I would buy low on here. Look at the rest of season projections from Steamer and the bat. And, look, he's a guy that goes six, seven innings every time out. All his ERA indicators have him sub four to date. So he's somebody I would be targeting. Hmm. From a real-life perspective and a fantasy perspective, who do you think fits in uh, best in a, in a Yankee rotation. I mean, Yankees are obviously going to be in on trying to trade for a pitcher. Uh, what do you think Bumgarner would would do? Uh, at, you know, in the American League, or is there anyone in particular that we've heard rumors of that is available as a starting pitcher that you think, both from a fantasy perspective and a real life perspective, uh, would you know get a little boost? I mean, if I'm the Yankees, I'm going to make the biggest run at Trevor Bauer. Unfortunately, Cleveland has been hot. Another team that we would automatically stream against, that offense has woken up as of late. The team has played much better. I mean, Shane Bieber is having a stud-like season. If you look under the hood, there's few pitchers Mm -hmm. that can even match his peripherals, and the ones that are or doing better are the elites. So I don't know if Cleveland's going to sell. Maybe they make this one last run, but Bauer would be the best. I look at Bumgarner. He's left-handed. That will help him. In, in Yankee Stadium, I would think. And he's just such a competitor. He's pitched better than his uh, his surface stats. So if I'm the Yankees, mm-hmm. I would want that guy. I'd want to go to war with him in the playoffs. Well, the Yankees would have four left-handed stars if they ended Bumgarner. Bumgarner, Hap, CC, and Paxton. Not that all of them would start. So, Matt, Matt, here comes the most important question of this segment. Who's going to win the home run derby? Uh, mm-hmm. You know what, what I'm pissed off about? I really haven't watched it. I'm going to watch it this year because Pete Alonso's in it. All the two people I wanted in the home runs every were Alonso versus Gallo. And whoever did not invite Joey Gallo. That was silly. He's got to be in it. You should be fired. Like, that's a fireball. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll be a homer here. I'll go with my boy Pete, you know, just for fun and games. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Vlad Jr. surprises us all and wins it. He's practicing. Yeah, so I, Vlad Jr.'s practicing, man. <laughs> so he, wants, he wants to win. He wants to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to tell you, I'm a Yankee fan. I mean, right, I'm wearing a Yankee jersey right now, Greg Nettles. I, Alonzo's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, love the, I love this guy's enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Everything about him. He can't wait to go to the home run derby. He can't wait to play. He's the kind of guy, if the Mets are smart, you build your team around. You build your PR around. Everything should be built around Alonzo. I uh, totally agree. Look, uh, as one of the guys late in the draft season, I went in on. I saw the adjustments he made in spring. I saw him in the Arizona Fall League, and uh, he hit mm-hmm. a towering home run in the All-Star game. And the next at bat was struck out on three straight sliders. So I was skeptical. I saw the improvements there. Absolutely. Alonzo, he's confident, not cocky. 
enthusiastic, and Jeff McNeil's been another just God. Oh, my God. Those two are fun to watch. It just seems every time I look at the box score, McNeil's got a hit. It's almost like he should have a 162-game <laughs> uh, hitting streak. This guy's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it is, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Matty Modica from The Athletic, uh, you mentioned uh, your articles. When do they come out? When, when could our, our listeners uh, check it out? Uh, on the weekends, either Saturday or Sunday morning, and I do a mm-hmm. podcast every Sunday as well. There you go. And uh, follow uh, Matty Mo at CTM Baseball. Uh, definitely one of the top follows in fantasy sports, not only baseball, but football as well. Matt, thanks for taking uh, some time out of your weekend. Good talking to you. Well, I'm Thanks a lot. Always a pleasure talking to the both of you. There you See go. You there that. you go. Matty Bo. All right. When we come back, some baseball, some football. Weekend Fantasy Update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I think we've got some uh, red hot chili peppers bringing us back. Earlier to George Kurtz, Sean Angle. Great segment. Uh, Matty Modica, if you missed it, check it out on demand. Like I mentioned, at CTM Baseball. Uh, in my opinion, one of the best baseball follows uh, around. So I uh, appreciate uh, Matty Mo. Uh, taking some time out and joining us. So uh, uh, we are uh, heading uh, to uh, the All-Star Game, George, and uh, uh, CC Sabathia going to be uh, honored. Uh, CC, C. Sab- <laughs> I can't bring it out. CC Sabathia, part-time Yankees pitcher, part-time uh, ESPN announcer. Uh, what do you think about uh, Sabathia actually being honored? I mean, the, the last time I remember it actually happening was uh, Mariano Rivera being uh, being honored on his way out. Uh, but uh, CeCe, first ballot Hall of Famer, 251 career wins. I know you don't care. I know you don't care. But uh, 251 career wins, 3,052 career strikeouts. Oh, when you say, I mean, for people who don't know, uh, when I say I don't care, it doesn't make a difference to me. I think it's all political. I think half the Hall of Fame should be out. Uh, in, my, in my mind, it's not the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Very Good with a lot of these players that are in now. So that's my uh, my issues with it. I don't really – it doesn't bother me one way or another if a player gets in the Hall of Fame, if a player wins the MVP, is uh, young. I don't you know. I don't lose any sleep over it. I will gladly talk and debate about it. You know, I enjoy mm-hmm. that. But it, I'm not, like I said, I don't uh, – I'm not going to lose any sleep if a guy gets in or out. CeCe Sabathia, mm-hmm. uh, you said first ballot Hall of Famer. Now – does, should that mean anything? I mean, really, isn't it? Are you a Hall? Isn't the question should be either you are or you are not a Hall of Famer? I mean, I don't know. First well, ballot, you, yeah, but if you anything. are, if you are, you should get in on your first, you know, try. In my opinion, that, that's you know? not necessarily true. Not with the rule of ten. You know, there's there's a lot of guys out there. I mean, uh, so I, that, I don't think it's certainly that's not true. I guess it depends who there's, who's going in with you. I guess that could right. Take it, it depends uh, on the year. Yeah. It depends on the year mm-hmm. you voted in. It, it really mm-hmm. does here. Uh, then you throw steroids into it as well. Should that be a, a hang-up in my mind? It, uh, if you would have asked me probably five, eight years ago, I would have said, yeah, you steroids, you're out. Nowadays, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the exact opposite. You can't tell me guys with steroids aren't already in, so I have no problem letting them in. I have no problem putting up a plaque uh, that says, these guys played in the steroid era. Without naming names, these guys played the steroid era. Make your own uh, assumptions or not, but they should still be in. Listen, I think Barry Bonds is a jerk. I think Roger Clemens is a jerk. <laughs> But I don't think you can have a Hall of Fame without them. How can you tell the history of baseball, which is all the Hall of Fame is, is the history of baseball without Barry Bonds and without Roger Clemens? You can't do right, it. Right. You just can't do it. You know, so it's just, uh, in my mind, it's silly that these guys aren't getting in because of that. So uh, as for CeCe, uh, 
I, listen, he's got over 3,000 strikeouts, which is a, a major mark. Uh, you mentioned 250 wins. I don't know if anyone's getting 300 wins anymore. You know, that, that may be yeah. something that's done, uh, mainly because of uh, you know, all the specialized stuff we have nowadays, these relievers. You can only go two, two three times to the line, which means you're going to lose some Ws that way. Uh, so, like I said, I don't know if uh, we're, we're going to see too many 300-game winners, if any at all. So 251 is a nice number. since uh, I, I thought it would have been higher, but it's a nice number. He's become a pitcher mm-hmm. again after losing his velocity. doesn't throw much higher than 90, 91 at most, uh, but he's he figured out how to pitch. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I guess if you uh, if you're someone who considers that first ballot to be special, then no, I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I think he is a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Yes. So you think that when he's eligible in five years, you don't think he gets in, or there's a potential that he might not get in, and you're okay with that? I think your second part is where I would go. I think there's a potential he doesn't get in, and I'm okay with that. But once again, in mm-hmm. five years, I would need to see the ballot. See who's on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe there's no, yeah. not going to be anybody else on it. You, you, you don't know how these mm-hmm. things work here. As the, when I say the rule mm-hmm. of ten, by the way, uh, the the writers who have uh, the PFWA ballots are only allowed to vote for ten players. And a lot of these guys, mm-hmm. because guys fall off the list after ten years, fifteen years, I think it's ten years now, they vote for the guys even though they they fully admit that player B is better than player A, but player A is going to fall off the ballot, so they're going to vote for player A to get him his votes because mm-hmm. they believe he's a Hall of right. Famer too. So that's what the rule of 10 is about. It, it makes things, uh, I guess you might say it's more strategic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, just looking at the, the, the one name that uh, stands out to me in terms of uh, starters in the AL All-Star team is Hunter Pence, back from the dead. And we've talked about him before, how he has uh, you know, kind of resurrected his career in, in Texas. Uh, well, he won't start. And, you know, he's not even playing in the All-Star game. He's out. Uh, Pence, You're kidding uh, me, because I just went to MLB.com. Okay, so I guess he made he made it as a starter, but he won't be playing because he's – okay, I get it. All right. Right, he, he's done. He's got the injury, so we don't have to worry about Hunter mm-hmm. Pence, who probably should have okay. been voted as a starter anyway. They're players who had much better uh, uh, much better numbers than he did, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Pence is out with the injury. Uh, they're hoping, mm-hmm. hoping he can return to Texas shortly – after the All-Star mm-hmm. game, maybe. Uh, I know most teams play next Friday. I think there's a game next uh, Thursday, which I really should look up since I've mentioned this twice now, to see if uh, that – whether Hopi Pence can possibly return from that. Uh, mm-hmm. The MRA revealed no new injury uh, for Pence, uh, but he was removed from his rehab assignment. Uh, so he, uh, mm-hmm. he did aggravate it, but it's just – it's a tricky groin, thing about a groin right? injury. Uh, when it mm-hmm. comes to a groin, you read there's only one way to truly test it, and that's the play. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can you can jog and it'll feel good. But until you really do those explosive movements, that's when you know if it's healthy or not. And obviously he came back a little too soon. So they're hoping mm-hmm. uh, right after the All-Star break that he will return. As a fantasy player, when you hear that guys like, uh, and if you, you own them, obviously, but when you hear that guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is specifically uh, practicing for the Derby, Christian Yelich uh, also practicing for the Derby, um, does it worry you that it might affect their their swing? Now, Yelich, I think uh, on an SI, SI.com article said, hey, it's just like taking, you know, practicing for the Derby is just like taking batting practice, so it's not going to affect me at all. But uh, do, do, you, do you worry as a fantasy uh, player? Not with someone like Guerrero, because that's what he's doing anyway. Right, mm-hmm. that's just what he's doing. He's trying to hit a ball nine miles every time he's up there. So, uh, no, I think uh, his batting practice probably is the same no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Yelich, I was a little bit surprised. Does it worry me? No. And Yelich had a mm-hmm. great uh, uh, on, on on Twitter about a comeback to, I guess, some uh, fans who were like, oh, worries. Like, Relax, dude. It's what I do all the time anyway. So I'll take my <laughs> word for it there also. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that it, you know, it's what he does, so it doesn't bother mm-hmm. me. And by the way, there is one game on that Thursday. Apparently, it's a national game. I guess that's where the schedule mm-hmm. came out. That, you know, one Thursday, ESPN has it, uh, Houston at Texas. So the Battle of Texas and Pence, obviously, they're hoping he comes back for that game. So the Thursday after the All-Star yeah. break, one game, 8 o'clock on ESPN, Houston at Texas. Right. So you asked Matty Moe about uh, who you thought was going to win the home run derby. So we have... Eight players in there, Christian Yelich, uh, Vlad Guerrero, who I already mentioned, uh, Alex Bregman, Jock Peterson, Pete Alonso, uh, Carlos Santana, Josh Bell, Ronald Acuna. Do you think, first of all, do you think they all belong, and who do you think wins it? Do I think they all belong? No. And, you know, no, right? Uh, you, like I you mean, mentioned, Maddie Gallo. Said, yeah. mm-hmm. If you want the best guys, Gallo has to be there. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. Actually, I think Manny's right. I don't think they invited him for some reason. I mean, I understand people said no. Aaron Judge said no. You know, Stanton's mm-hmm. hurt. Mike Trout won't do it. Uh, and my, in my mind, for the home run derby, if you want to get it right, you don't need to be in the All Star game to uh, to be able to, to be able to play in the home run derby. It's just be the uh, what mm-hmm. are they get eight guys? I think it is the top eight throughout Major League Baseball who hit the ball a mile that the fans want to see. Invite them. That's how it should be in my mind. Not the guys who, uh, you know, not the uh, the guys, the eight guys out of the sixty four players on the All Star team. I don't think it should be that at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, you know, I, I want to see Joey Gallo because I want to see him hit the ball over the stadium. That's what that's what you want to see in a home run derby. I really don't care who yeah. wins these things. Mm-hmm. I want to see long, far home runs. All right, Yelich, mm-hmm. I have no problem with, but he's got you know a million home runs. Clay Bellinger probably should have been invited. I maybe he was. Alonzo, absolutely. Guerrero, no problem with that. Jock Peterson, really, really, <laughs> I mean, really, yay, yeah. I, I, yay. Acuna, no problem. Josh Bell, no problem. Bregman's a saint. Bregman's a great hit, a great ball player. Certainly an all star. I don't know if I want to see him in a home run derby. He's going to hit wall scrapers. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. he's gonna do. It's what's what he's more of a line drive hitter. Santana, okay, he's got some uh, beef there, but uh, I guess the one that really bothers me is Peterson. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have no interest in seeing Peterson. None. You know, Judge, I understand he won it once, doesn't want to go back. I think he got hurt in that. He may have got hurt in that as well. Over the legal, he says it wasn't. Yeah, but uh, he's, it, he's the guys you want to see. <laughs> Gary Sanchez, I would have liked to have seen Sanchez invited. You know, he was, he could hit the ball a mile there. And there are other guys throughout baseball that I would have uh, liked to have seen. You, know, you want to see the big boppers, right? The guys who are going to hit the ball 500 miles. Those are the guys right. that should be invited. I don't care if they're batting 220. Don't care at all. That's not what I'm there for. I'm not there to win a baseball game. I'm there to see a ball hit 500 miles. So that's what I want. So well, I wish baseball would get that right. I think they've done a better job of it. But I wish they would get that right. Listen, I get it. Guys are going to turn it down. They do it all the time. You know, they, they don't want to play. But invite, uh, Luke Voigt was hurt, but I wouldn't mind seeing him being invited. See if he wants to hit the ball 900 miles. How about Justin Smoke? Uh, once again, I get it, These guys aren't all-stars, but I want to see the ball hit far. I'm not worried about uh, you know batting average here. Uh, other guys I'm looking at here that could have been invited. Uh, man, Josh Donaldson, he hits the ball far. Uh, I mentioned Bellinger was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't, I, he may, maybe he said no, but I didn't hear anything about him. Uh, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper would have said no anyway. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, get a shot at it. Uh, and I guess that's it. I think they did a decent job here. I, I, Peterson's the one that just bothers me. Bregman to a point. Bregman's different. Bregman is an all-star, great player, but he's just not someone I want to see in a home run. Even if he wins the damn thing, he's going to hit a whole bunch of 420-foot shots. I want to see 500, 550. Right, right. Uh, talking about Joey Gallo, uh, unfortunately – uh, he's going to lose his first base eligibility next season because uh, so far he's played all of his games uh, in the outfield. 59 games, 20 home runs, batting 276. This is after uh, he had a came into this season with a let's see a 203 lifetime batting average. The, I mean he's going to. I think he's going to regress a little bit before the end of the season. If you look at StatCast, they say that his expecting batting average instead of 276 should be 248. Are you going to look at him a little bit differently? Because, it, I mean, coming into this season, I personally looked at him as a one-trick pony, just, you know, a very good one-trick pony, by the way, a 40-plus home run guy. But th- th- does he become more appealing to you, you think, uh, next season in fantasy drafts based on uh, at least it seems like he's coming around in terms of hitting the ball? Well, uh, I think it's, it's, next season, let's see what happens at the end of this season. Because I sort of agree mm-hmm. with you. I think that the average is coming down here. And the power is not as important anymore. Because everybody's mm-hmm. hitting it a mile, right? I mean, we'll, the ball's juice yeah. are made better. Whatever whatever excuse you want to use, the ball's different. right? And everybody's hitting the power. So power's not as important now in fantasy because we, we can get it pretty easily. That's why that question mm-hmm. I asked Matt Modica about, uh, are you going to adjust, adjust your strategy next year? Because you think about it. One thing I always say in March when you know, people are doing their leagues. But how I approach my drafts is uh, in a league that's been around for a while, and even if, if it hasn't been around, you know, you can you can look up stats here to find out about in a 12-team league, how many home runs does it take to win the league? Let's say it's 300. You know, that's how, uh, that's what you should for. 300 is going to win you the league in home runs. going to get you 12 points. So when you draft someone like Gallo, well, you, 300 minus 40. Now it's 260. That's how many home runs you need from the rest of the players to win that category. And you go mm-hmm. on and on and on mm-hmm. like that. But next year now, it may be thrown off a little bit because this ball is still juiced next year. Well, it's not going to take 300 to win. Now it might take 340. 
You know, and it'll be a different way of looking at it, a different way of drafting because you'll need more home runs. Or you may have to adjust what you think players are going to hit because maybe, uh, you know, the 40 home runs Gallo's going to hit the, uh, this year, if the ball is not juiced next year, well, maybe he really would have only hit 35 this year or 37 this year or 32, whatever it might be. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to play havoc with our numbers next year because we don't know about the ball. Is the ball juiced? Right. Is it back to being a normal ball? It's strange. It's just going to be mm-hmm. strange. Plus, hey, next year in Texas, they're going to have a new ballpark in Texas next year, which is I just don't get. I like the ballpark in Texas. Whatever. But uh, is it going to travel? Once again, will the ball travel as far? Will the dimensions play as well? Whatever it might be there. So I think it's going to play havoc somewhat. But to answer your question about mm-hmm. Gallo, since I, I agree with you, coming into this year, he was I just wanted him for his power. That's all I cared mm-hmm. about. I didn't think he'd do anything else. I assumed he was going to hurt me on average. So over the mm-hmm. next couple of months, as far as next season is concerned, I'll be paying more attention do I believe this 275 average can keep up? Or is he going to go back down to being a 230 hitter? Yeah, we'll see mm-hmm. there. Uh, as a baseball fan, I hope he keeps it up. I hope he's realized that you can sure. uh, do more than just hit home runs. Uh, but mm-hmm. well, we don't know that yet. That's the problem. We don't know that yet. If you're asking me would I trade him, I mean, right now he's got 20 home runs. He's got 35 other hits, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> would I trade him right now if someone wanted to overpay for him? Yeah, I probably would. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to uh, wanted to trade, wanted to, uh, they thought this is reality. I think I'd bet on the fact that I don't think it's going to be reality. That I think he's going to fall yeah. a little bit. I'd move him. Yeah, you brought up some great, great points there because uh, you mentioned, you know, in terms of home runs. Well, everyone hits home runs, right? Uh, but but the, to to me, that's true. But on the other hand, uh, there's a handful of players that are, I feel are automatic 40-plus guys. He's one of them. You know, to me, Judge, when he's healthy, another one, uh, Stanton, another one, Chris Davis with a K. So, uh, but, you uh, you know, that's a point that you brought up I, I didn't even think about where maybe baseball might, you know, change the ball because they realized that they went too far <laughs> with this with this live ball. But that's, that's a great point. It's something I look at, you know, if, if everyone's hitting home runs, then it's not as valuable anymore. But if the ball goes back to being normal, then we'll need the power guys again. It's, uh, and we, I don't think we'll know. That's the thing is I don't think we'll know until the season starts and the ball starts traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. going to be uh, play havoc. I think baseball is trying to do things to sort of uh, usurp the fact that the three true outcomes, home run, strikeout, mm-hmm. walk. They're trying to make right. it more lively. Unfortunately, they made the ball so lively it adds more to the home runs. We're not getting singles. We're doubled. Mm-hmm. We're more home runs. Right, right. All right. Well, when we come back for our number three, we'll talk some fantasy baseball, but we're going to go back to football as well. Talk some running back, running back ADBs. Listen to Weekend Fantasy Update on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 